Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Well, try as I may, can't get the live feed to really work, so we'll just go on with podcast. So good morning and welcome to Manna for Breakfast. Appreciate you guys that are subscribed to the audio podcast, and we are getting some more people in there. We want to keep this as a ministry outreach, so keep it up. Share the uh, link if you can. Uh, Let people know about it. Challenge them, in fact, to your friends. Find out if they're reading the Bible themselves or not. Just encourage them. Stay in the Word. Well, we are going to move on into today. Psalm 149, 150, and 1 Corinthians 5. So let's pray and jump into it. Father God, thank you for this morning and getting us awake, getting us going. Some of us just getting up, some of us already in the middle of our workday almost, depending upon where we are. But thank you that we have this time to uh, spend with you and uh, just reflect on your word and reflect on the things that, that you have for us, God, the things, the wisdom, the encouragement, and also the challenges. So uh, help us to see the intent that these words uh, were written for, to be a blessing and a challenge and an encouragement to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 149, Israel invoked to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, sing praise to the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Let Israel be glad in his maker, Let the sons of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Let them sing praises to him with timbrel and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. Let the godly ones exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment written. This is an honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Gotta love the psalmist. They, they had... Um, a view of a worship that was just joyful when you watch the Jews even today, oftentimes when they are wanting to praise God, they have such a joyful harmony and, and uh, the way they dance, uh, line dance, or whatever, we don't call it, not in the Western sense, but in the Jewish sense, the men with the men and the women with the women. And uh, it's joyful. And it's interesting to all, I, I first got exposed to the Church of Christ right after I got saved. We had some friends in college that were raised in Church of Christ, and they don't use instruments in their worship as a backlash to the overuse, misuse of orchestras and different things, probably in the, I don't know if it was started in the 1500s or 
well, much later, I'm guessing, when the Church of Christ was established, but probably for very good reasons, they thought it was they were overdoing it, and so they pulled back to just just the voices. But all of the young people would always come over to our worship time in our Bible studies that we had on campus with guitars and worship with us with guitars because they loved the music, and they would often come over and visit our church where we would have. <laughs> organs and, and other kind of music. This was even before I got into Calvary Chapel where we had a full worship band. So there's nothing wrong with it as long as it doesn't get carried away. And unfortunately, again, it's getting too carried away with these worship services that are um, really more of a rock concert with the lights and the, and the steam and uh, I mean all the fog and everything else. Not that that can't be used. They use it in my church to a degree, but it's uh, the music should be supporting your worship to the Lord, and it should not be overshadowing it. You should not be a spectator at a comp- at a concert watching some great vocal talent of a person in front of you. You should feel drawn into worship, and so you're worshiping the Lord. And you really know whether you are or not, because it's where your focus is. If you're amazed at how talented the person is in front of you, and you're just listening to them, or if you are really focusing on worshiping the Lord, which is what the psalmist is encouraging us to do. Everything that has breath is to praise the Lord. And we can do it with our voices, we can do it with our instruments, we can do it in many different ways. Immorality rebuked. It is actually reported that there is immorality among you, an immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles, that someone has his father's wife. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead, so that the one who has done this deed would be removed from your midst. For I, on my part, though absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this, as though I were present. In the name of the Lord Jesus, when you are assembled, and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know the little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, has also been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven or with the leaven of malice or wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world, but with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of this world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater, reviler, a drunker, a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside God judges? Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. So we know from his other writings and theologians that there was a young man within the church of Corinth who was sleeping with his stepmother, his father's wife. Not his mother, but his father's wife. And the church was approving of the church. was like, oh, well, hey, they're coming to church. They're tithing. That's good, right? They didn't seem to be that concerned about it. Paul is saying, you guys, 
<laughs> become arrogant and have not mourned over the sin instead. We don't have that situation that much in churches, although I'm sure it's there. What we do have is men sleeping with men and women sleeping with women. And we have churches that are not mourning over those acts of immorality. And in our culture today, you can get in a lot of trouble trying to say that it is immoral to do that which Paul and the Bible makes very clear is not moral. So Paul would write this same chapter to the church today and change it or add to it those which are having immoral relationships outside of marriage. All relationships, sexual relationships outside of one biological man married to one biological woman is immoral. And there's just no sugarcoating it. And anytime we try and do that and uh, try and modernize it to fit the, the, the lust of the culture, well, you're dealing with what Paul is dealing with here. And Paul is very straightforth as a church. <laughs> He's saying, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to basically put those people out. He, Paul says, I'm giving them over to the destruction of the flesh. I don't think he meant that physically. What he meant was to just give them over to their sin, and they themselves are going to dig their own hole. I mean, they themselves are going to start suffering spiritually and maybe physically uh, because of their rebellion, rejection of following after the Lord Jesus Christ, as we see this all through the history of Israel. They created their own problems by wandering away from the Lord. And, um, and it, those things, unfortunately, can lead to an ultimate destruction of the flesh. But the issue is a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Once you start approving of little sin, it grows to bigger sin, it grows to bigger sin, the whole church becomes leavened. You no longer have a church. What you have, you have a pagan celebration trying to guise itself in the wrappings of Christianity, but it's there's nothing there that's of Christ. It's empty. So that's <laughs> that's just about as plain a picture as you can paint. And um, while we are to love the sinner, we are not to love the sin. And that in itself is something we should all agree upon. We love the sinner. There's no uh, the homosexual is no greater sinner than any of the rest of us. Anyone who's greedy, anyone who has issues with, with dishonesty or stealing or anything else. It's just a matter of calling what it is it, what it is. All right, August 10th, he lowers to raise. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich and bringeth low and lifteth up. For Samuel 2.7, all my changes come from him who never changes. If I had grown rich, I should have seen his hand in it. I should have praised him. Let me equally see his hand if I am made poor, and let me as heartily praise him. When we go down in the world, it is of the Lord, and so we may take it patiently. When we rise in the world, it is of the Lord, and we may accept it thankfully. In any case, the Lord hath done it, and it is well. It seems that Jehovah's way is to lower those whom he means to raise up, to strip them who he intends to clothe. If it is his way, it is the wisest and best way. If I am now encouraging to bring low, I may well rejoice, because I see in it the preface to the lifting up. The more we are humbled by grace, the more we shall be exalted in glory. 
that impoverishment, which will be overruled for our enrichment, is to be welcomed. O Lord, thou hast taken me down of late and made me feel my insignificance of sin. It is not a pleasant experience, but I pray thee make it a profitable one to me. Oh, that thou wouldst thus fit me to bear the greater weight of delight and of usefulness. And when I am ready for it, then grant it to me for Christ's sake. Amen. Father, it's such a beautiful encouragement. Thank you, because so many of us have have felt at times brought down, maybe right now, we wanted everything to work out well for us and our job or our school, or we want everything to work perfectly in church or that relationship, and then all of a sudden we seem to be brought low, we seem to be going through heaviness or a trial, and we can't really figure out why. But we know that we love you. We know that you're Lord and Savior. We we can feel the, the heart of Job wondering why why it's all been taken away. David, at times, when he was running from Saul, different prophets that had to endure so much under your heavy hand because you were just preparing them to lift them up. You were going, you were refining them. You were chiseling off, you know, those edges to make them something beautiful, a jewel in, in, in your kingdom. So we thank you and we do acknowledge that you will lift us up and you will raise us up and make something beautiful out of us and out of our lives. So we want to continue to trust you today and follow after you no matter where we are in that whole scope of seeing ourselves in the light of your presence, God, and how you're working within us. Do pray for those that are hurting and those that are are dealing with some emotional things, God, which is not hard to do in our culture today with so many things going on around us, so many sicknesses, and so many people that we know that have been sick or or in the middle of a difficult time or have gone on. Uh, to be with you, God, because of these pandemics and what have you. Just, God, help us to get our perspective right and keep keep our minds set upon you. And may you lift my brothers and sisters out, uh, out of depression, out of anxiety, and cause them to be completely steadfast and immovable, knowing that you are working in their life. Keep their minds focused on you and help them to see the joy of their salvation like the psalmist praise you in all situations. God, give them that ability. Thank you for what you're doing with the Vacation Bible School here, God, the new kids that have come the last couple of days. The beautiful way that the team has been been reaching out to them and getting to know these kids, some they've known for the last two years. As so we've come back each year, and may you continue to grow them up, and may the parents be encouraged, God, to follow after you and bring their kids to church after this and get and get hooked in and very serious about their walks. So we pray for the work you're doing here in Mascota and uh, as well in Vallarta, God, what you're doing back there and wherever we're serving in our churches. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be your servants. And uh, as a blessing upon Micah and Carly this morning, as they were blessed to have a new gift from God, from heaven, little baby Selah a new baby girl. We thank you for her life, God, and ask that you bless her richly. We thank you. She's healthy. And may you just be um, the light to that young little life, God, and help them as parents to guide this young little girl into a new uh, a new understanding of you. When she becomes old, God, old enough to understand who you are, just pray that her parents would have that beautiful opportunity and privilege of leading her into a personal relationship with you. She's your creation, God. You have blessed us 
more than we deserve. Mike and Carly, thank you. They're such wonderful parents. And may you continue to give that whole family health and give them, God, um, a, a beautiful ministry as they're serving in their church. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So there you go. The big news. Seven pounds, two ounces, 20 inches long. Selah, S-E-L-A-H is her name. And she's perfect and beautiful. And she looks like little Asher. She's got chubby cheeks. And anyway, Selah Kate Martin is her name. And I can assume the baby was born between three and four in the morning. Okay, but thank you very much. See you tomorrow. Bye.